Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, guys? Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. This is Ben Verlander along with my co host, Michelle Margot. Um, some exciting news. We have a great guest for you today. It's trainer Ben Bruno. He's based out of the LA area, trains some uh, professional athletes, and he's just really, really good at what he does. So Michelle, why don't you tell us uh, why, why we have him on today? Well, personally, I, I think one of my favorite uh, times of the year is when pitchers and catchers report for MLB spring training. And that had me wondering all sorts of questions about how in shape these guys come into spring training, their regimens, how they vary from position to position, how they vary within those positions from player to player. And I think that Ben would be the best person to answer those questions. Yeah, you know, personally, um, it was really tough for me when I was playing professional baseball. Um, in the offseason, I'd work really, really hard to get to a certain weight uh, that I thought would be a good goal for the season. And then, you know, I'd get into spring training at that weight and then as soon as the season would start, I'd, I'd kind of lose it. And I didn't really know how to, how to go about training in season. Uh, so really, I'm excited to talk to Ben, ask him some of those questions, see his thoughts on it. Um, so I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, but before we get to Ben, uh, Millennial Sports Talk would not be possible without this ad. Um, big news out of Manscaped.com. The brand new, best on the market, third generation lawnmower 3.0 is now available for purchase. It has leading cutting edge technology uh, with a blade that is meant to prevent accidents. So get 20% off and free shipping with code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code BLEAV. And without further ado, that leads us into our interview with Ben Bruno. All right. Well, you may have seen him in Women and Men's Health Magazine, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Instagram, uh, all over the place. He graduated summa cum laude from Columbia University. Go Lions. Uh, we now say hello and welcome in trainer Ben Bruno. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Yo, yo. Thanks for having me. What's up, Ben? I'm pumped, man. Thanks for coming on. I know. I know. I'm glad we get to talk, but I got to see you soon. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So we'll, we'll just get right into it. Before we ask you some specific questions, how did you personally first get into training? When I was about 13 years old, I used to ski race and we would do these makeshift, they called them dry land training workouts. Mm -hmm. uh, but I formally got into training partway through college because when I was a sophomore, I had a back surgery. And so then I had to take a medical leave from school because I couldn't sit and couldn't do a lot of, I couldn't drive and everything. And I took a two year medical leave. And in that time, just a combination of being inactive and I was depressed. And so I like, wasn't eating that much. I lost like 40 pounds. Jeez. And so, the, and, and I was like not big to begin with. So I just got super skinny. So then I started learning how to lift weights to get stronger. One to heal my back because I went to this physical therapist who actually changed my life because instead of the normal physical therapy stuff that they give for back surgery people, because normally back surgery people are like much older. Yeah. He had this program called back Boot Camp, and it was more aggressive. And basically I took that and ran with it. And 
went from that to lifting weights to being like a full-on meathead for a little while and uh, just got into strength training and learned about nutrition to gain weight and stuff like that and then realized that I liked that part of my day a whole lot more than the stuff I was doing in school and I kind of pulled a 180 and went into training. Nice. That's pretty cool. So how would you say that physical training training has changed over time as it pertains to sports? Well, so I'm 34. As I said, I got into dry land training for skiing when I was like 13. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that we were doing then, trainers would look at, you know, and turn their nose up. There was the, you know, in in hindsight, it was not, uh, you know, the most thought out, smart type of training. But I just say that to say that that's only 20 years. And so the whole strength and conditioning field is relatively new you know it's um you know it goes back you know obviously longer than 20 years but it you know when i was in high school for example there wasn't any like formal strength and conditioning and now if you're a high school athlete and you know you're not doing that stuff you're kind of behind so it's it's you know it's evolved a lot in a short amount of time yeah from when you started learning about training you know in in i guess for lack of better term the, the mental training to be a physical trainer um, until you were in the workforce, what has experience taught you that you didn't otherwise know? Like what is like maybe a common misconception from learning about training to actually applying it in real life? Well, when we're talking about training for sports, is that what we're kind of talking about? Uh, whichever one, whichever way you take that question. Well, what? yeah. So, well, you know, a lot of um, the training info that, disseminated uh comes from bodybuilding and that's kind of very different than sports performance training so i think that go two ways you know one you could just do bodybuilding type training which i do think is an ideal and then two a lot of times people associate strength training with bodybuilding so that's why certain sports are still hesitant to um you know lift weights and things like that because they think it's just going to make them big and slow. And that's because they're not really thinking of training in the right ways. Yeah. Ben, Ben, I had a question for you that we kind of touched on before, uh, before you even joined Michelle and I were talking about it. And so when I was playing baseball professionally in the off season, I would always try and get to a certain like goal weight. I would try and get to a certain weight to get into spring training. And oftentimes I would get there. And as soon as the season would start, I lose it immediately. You lose it all the way. Yeah. 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 And there there seemed to be nothing I could do. There's I didn't really know how to go about working out and balancing playing but trying to keep the weight and I I didn't know if if you know you had any any you know tips on how to how to do that. Well, that's pretty common and it's actually more more common in sports that have like a higher like cardio component to it like hockey and soccer and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I think people find that they're in this routine training in this routine more importantly it's like the nutrition eating and stuff and um then once people go to their their new schedule training less and then i think sometimes the travel gets people out of their routine and they just you know usually um some people (laughs) like you you know their default is to lose weight and then other people their default is to gain weight so there's probably like half the listeners when they're hearing you are like, like, I'd love to be able to just lose weight when I don't do anything, right. you know? And then the other half are like, you, they don't realize it's actually really hard to gain weight and keep put, yeah. put the weight on. 
So I think the, the kid, you know, so I used to train a high school hockey team and they would always struggle to get their weight up and keep it on and stuff like that. So we would do weekly weigh-ins, make them all weigh in and stuff. Wow. Yeah. And smart. you find that, you know, they, they wouldn't, uh, it'd be like, you know, how the hell did I lose weight type of thing? But it's all, it, it usually comes down to the nutrition. And when you kind of get it out of your routine with traveling and stuff like that, it's more an issue of, of that more than anything. But I do think that a lot of times, uh, skinny guys tend to think they eat more than they do. They go, Oh, I eat all the time. And you're like, well, obviously not enough. If you're yeah. not, you know, gaining the weight you want to type of thing. Yeah. Ben, uh, Ben Bruno, not Ben Verlander. <laughs> um, you could potentially answer this question for me and, and maybe that has to do with it, but why do different athletes at the same position train so drastically differently? Like for example, um, a pitcher, you know, after his start day, right after his start, will go lift or some will wait and some throw earlier than others. Then like they all do something different. And, and is there a right answer? The answer is, you know, if you've made it to the highest levels, then you're probably the best judge of your body, you know, more than any trainer, more than anything. And so, um, as a trainer, for example, I try to encourage the athletes I train to, um, strength train in season. And I think there's a lot of value in that. But then every time I say that there's some really, really good athletes that don't like to, and they're, they, they're really good. And so who am I to say that they're wrong? Um, so I think that for Every, that's the thing about strength and conditioning. You know, there, there, there's a term exercise science for our field, but it's like kind of a science, but kind of an art, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the science part is like understanding how the body works. Cause that's science. But the art part is like understanding, um, you know, what works for people and what doesn't and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, for example, you you gave an example of pitchers. Yeah, some some people don't like to strength train at all. Some people do. Um, I work with a lot of basketball players. Some guys swear by lifting after their game. They lift at like eleven thirty, twelve at night, which seems crazy to a lot of people. Yeah. But other guys uh, like it. Other guys lift before the game. So if the game is at seven thirty, they'll lift at five or six. Which people would go, why would you do that? Well, for every. Uh, you know, there's a lot of exceptions to the rules, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and you just mentioned that you train some some basketball guys, and I know you have a few guys and a few NBA All Stars in particular. I know you have Clay Thompson and Bradley Beal and, and some other some other guys. So, a question I had for you is: What aspect of training do elite basketball players miss or avoid most often? It's a lot better than it used to be, but a lot of basketball players still think that lifting is going to make you know, mess with their shot. Mm -hmm. And so they don't really, you know, they don't really strength train. So the, the low hanging fruit there is that they just don't strength train, but within strength training, I think a lot of times uh, people think because basketball players are tall, they do a lot of things to, um, you know, not encourage like full range, range of motion strength training and think like, you know, not going, all the way to the floor on deadlifts and things like that. And I think it's important to work within the range you're capable of. So I don't think you necessarily have to go the full range. And it is true that things are different when you're seven feet versus right. six feet or like me, not even six feet. <laughs> I'm still working on it. 
you know, but I do think that with proper training, you know, a lot of the basketball guys I train, I, I really try to encourage full range of motion over increasing the weight through a partial range and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I think um, when done properly, strength training can really increase your speed, increase your vertical jump, things like that. And certainly won't make you slower if you do it right. If you're worried about, or if you, you know, if you've had an experience where, you know, a lot of times people think that they're going to end up looking like a bodybuilder and like kind of being one of those guys that can't even like run without pulling a hamstring type of thing, yeah. you know, those big jacked up guys. And yeah, and that's not really what we're talking about. You mean like Ben Verlander? Um, <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. He- Ben, you mentioned, um, I mean, obviously you are training these, these bigger, older gentlemen, but when you're training younger athletes, like the, the hockey team you're talking about, the youth hockey team, how do you go about training younger athletes? Well, you know, then it's not so much about lifting really heavy weight as, as, as it is about establishing good movement patterns and teaching people how to squat, how to hinge their hips, uh, how to do good push-ups, things like that. And then slowly building on the weight. But, um, you know, the thing about kids is when you talk about in-season strength training and stuff, kids are, are able to bounce back so quickly that you can really push kids. Quite, and when I say kids, I'm not talking like 10 years old. I'm talking about like kids that are 15, 16, yeah. 17, 18. Um, you can really, you know, train in-season quite hard. You know, the, the hockey kids used to train very hard, right, the day before games and be fine the next day. It's the, one of the nice things about being young. Where do you um, see that change? What age? Uh, you know, around 16. But that's again, when it's the recovery that's, that's time the becomes less? No, what, no I mean, as, as people get older, it, they, you know, they're slower to recover. But that doesn't happen until – you know, much further down the line, but I just mean kids, you know, kids that are, you know, maturish around 16, 17 can definitely start hitting the weights. Ben, um, so do you think thoughts on athletes running for cardio has changed over the last decade or so? You know, the reason I asked that is when I was with the Tigers, uh, especially towards the end, they, they started, you know, posting a couple of articles and putting them in the gym that had to do with running and how they thought it was, you know, some long distance running for their athletes was becoming not so good. So I wanted to, to get your thoughts. Yeah. So, you know, the old way of doing things was just to go for, you know, a three or five mile kind of slow. Right. Run. That's what I and, did as a kid. And, yeah. And that is, uh, and you know, when you say it's changing, that's music to my ears because I try very hard to change that. But I think most sports, are more power based and power endurance than just straight endurance and running is not really like you like you say you went on those runs but if you added up the total distance you ran in an entire year actually playing baseball it probably didn't even add up to one of those runs true all those runs all all those runs out to right field do add up though (laughs) all those runs around the bases True. Those are jogs. Yeah, exactly. Those are jogs around the bases. Yeah. You see how many home runs I hit, man? <laughs> yeah, maybe for you because you just hit home runs all the time. But yeah, uh, I I would say, um, you know, in terms of like the the energy system you're using in sports, like mm-hmm. in particularly baseball, it's not. You know, in baseball, if you're running the bases, you're running much faster for a short amount of time versus just going for you know a jog. And I think um, a lot of sports now 
are, you know, I, I think intervals are probably better than steady state cardio in general. Now there's some benefit to steady state type cardio too, just for your heart health and, you know, potentially recovery and things like that. But for the most part, in terms of like, I hate to use the term sports specific because it gets butchered a lot, but in terms of like sports specific conditioning, if you think of like the work rest intervals in baseball, it's much more uh, of an, an interval activity than a steady state activity. Yeah. Which sport do you think has the most unique training? UFC, but that's just because you got to be, you know, uh, that's that's an interesting animal. Um, that's probably not the type of sports you were talking about. No, no, no. no that's that, that, that yeah. perfect. Why, why is that, though? Yeah, you know, because you got to be like, you know, you know, when you train, like when you're a strength and conditioning coach and you work with UFC guys, they have those guys have like five different coaches. It's like, you know. They have jujitsu, they have boxing. It's like, you know, strength and conditioning. It's a whole thing. You know, you oh, got to wow. be good at so many different things. Um, you know, I think that in general, um, in terms of like actual weightlifting, I've always said there's kind of football and then there's everything else in terms of strength. Like when I look at like, I like to establish strength standards um, uh, in sports and kind of see what's good and, and things like that. And when you look at strength, athletes there's kind of football and then there's everything else like football guys just lift so more so much more weight than like in general than like baseball guys or basketball or things like that um you know there a lot of that's just they're heavier and stuff like that but um it's that's unique in that way and i i do think that collision sports are a little bit different in the yeah. sense that, you know, I always, I always look at things in training and as in terms of risk versus reward and the, the reward should always outweigh the risk. So like, for example, as it pertains to like baseball or basketball, there's like a high level of common sense. So that, that makes it sound complicated, but like, for example, like if I told you, Ben, like, dude, we're going to like try to deadlift, like, you know, crazy heavy weights and power clean, heavy, crazy heavy weights and stuff. At a point, you'd probably be like, "Bro, I don't need to be doing this for yeah, like baseball." Yeah. This but isn't. This isn't. Smart. You know, and and those really heavy weights are, you know, carry a risk to them when you're lifting. So, now that said, you're playing football, and the dude you line up across from can power clean and squat crazy heavy weights. Well, you got to be able to too, or you're going to get your ass kicked. So then, yeah. the risk versus rewards a little bit different because then like you know, power cleans are far less dangerous than getting smacked by somebody with a big power clean and you don't yeah. have one, you know? So it's True. like, yeah. So the risk versus rewards a little bit, you know, football guys just in collision sports tend to tend to load heavier. Yeah. How do you, so how do you change from your pro clients, from your professional athletes to just your regular clients do you, that you have? Is there a big difference in what you do? Not really. Um, you know, but the thing about what, when you say pro clients, here's the thing, like you can probably relate to this from having played, but you know, um, in basketball, for example, this past summer, like my youngest client was 21 and my oldest was 37. Wow. And so that's very, that's very different type of training, even though like you'd say, oh, they're both pro basketball players, you know, yeah. um, when you have a lot of mileage on your body and stuff, the training is, you know, a little less aggressive and and vice versa. So 
um, there's not really like a standard, it's not like, you know, all the basketball guys train the same or all the baseball guys train the same. It's like, if you think like, you know, a pitcher versus you, you're doing different stuff. Like, right. you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, so, um, and even, you know, two guys that both, you said you played right field, two right fielders, like, who knows, you might have a bad back. The other guy might have a bad knee. The training's going to be different. True. You know, or you might need, like you say, you struggle to gain weight. Your program might have more of an emphasis towards hypertrophy, which is just building muscle. Whereas, like, if the other right fielder has the fat gene, he's going to be trying to keep his weight down. What is the most impressive transformation of a pro athlete that you've worked with? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Yeah, I hate answering these questions, too, because then all the other guys <laughs> will probably be like, what about me, dude? <laughs> Well, if that's um, the case, we'll take the hit for them listening to Millennial Sports Talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me uh, let me think on that as we answer other questions because I'm going to try to think. No, you know what? You know, uh, no, I know the answer. Uh, I started training a, a guy, Jack Eichel, who plays hockey. Yeah. When he was like 13 or 14 years old, mm-hmm. and now cut to he's like one of the best players in the NHL. Yeah. So he's crushing it in terms of physical, he was that- like. That's pretty really cool. about a foot shorter when I started training. <laughs> I think he grew because of the, because of our workouts. But yeah, he <laughs> uh, he went from like a middle school kid to like an NHL All Star. It's crazy. That's well, that's awesome. the that's the perfect answer to that question. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Ben. Well, that's pretty much all we got for you. I do have one last question for you that we received from a listener. Um, is it true or false? If the bar ain't bending, you're just pretending. You- Oh man, this that this comes from a meathead. I like this question. <laughs> uh, so you know, you know, <laughs> so what this comes from? So because nobody will even know what that means. It's just a dumb meathead joke. But if you're doing, uh, I don't mean a dumb meathead joke to whoever's listening, but it it actually is kind of a dumb meathead joke. So basically, <laughs> if you are doing back squat and you have the bar on your back, once the weight hits like around 500 or 550 pounds. It's actually hilarious to watch if you're not like a, a, a meathead because it just looks so dumb. But the, the weight like bounce on the sides. And uh, I mean, I just think that's awesome. But most people would probably be like, why are you doing that? So you'd say uh, that's true. No. I would say, <laughs> I forget the question. I would say if you're strong enough that the bar is bending, I'm not going to disagree because that guy could probably <laughs> kick my ass. Yeah, I disagree with everything he says. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, exactly. That guy's right. Whatever he says, I'll just go with it. Well, that is all we have this week for Millennial Sports Talk. Ben, thank you so much yeah, for joining us this you. week. Um, be sure Thanks to – Thanks for having me. It's been, it's been fun. Of course. And, and be sure to subscribe to us and, and listen along anywhere you listen to your podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.